Make it look like a. Hey guys, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for April 15th. Today is tax day, so in the real world, you are late. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm your host, Rando. I got my uh, cohorts in crime here, Enos, who is giggling, Thomas and Mab, and everybody say hello. Hey. What's up? Or, or not. Okay, there we go. Delayed reaction. Um, how was everybody's uh, last week and weekend? I hope everyone's uh, staying safe and isolating and going crazy like the rest of us. Yes, indeed. I, yeah, I can't think of anything that I did specific, but it was uh, pretty good. So I, I realized something today. Let me let me show you this here. I'm going to be taking my headset off for just a moment here um, so you guys can see this. I am getting what I call um, quarantine hair. Oh, yeah. I know the feeling. Oh, good Lord. Great. You look like a hippie. He always looked like a hippie. <laughs> I had it come out today, and I realized it's down to my nose. Yeah, <laughs> even more so. Hey, Jay. Flower uh, power, buddy. The last time I had it cut was back in November before we went on vacation, and that was it. All right. Um, so let's go ahead and get to some news items. This first one is not comic-related, but I just had to snicker at it because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so did you see that um, Disney Plus tried to edit out Daryl Hannah's butt from Splash, and they did it horribly? <laughs> what? So you know the scene I'm talking about when he sees her on the beach after she first rescues rescues him as a an adult after he's uh tried to drown himself and most, uh, pause, most pause moment in that film of course I remember yeah. it. Mm -hmm. she goes running onto the beach and you see her derriere okay so Disney's like well we can't have a naked butt so they tried to add more hair to her because she already had pretty long hair and it is such a horrible CGI job you're like really is it better than Superman's mustache. I was about to say. Oh the same God, thing. no! You're this bad. is really this is really bad. I mean, it is straight up just a blur. Oh. Um, at least with know. Superman's mustache, you can tell it's a bad CGI. Just you know, because his lips got that weird, you know, bulge about it. Um, yeah. Uh, here's the thing, though. I was looking out, thinking, really, Disney? Are you that offended by a butt that you had to blur it out? I mean, some people are. <laughs> so, um, so you know. With the whole thing going on with the pandemic and diamond distributing not sending, did, <clears throat> did you all read Todd McFarlane's plans on to what he calls saving the comic industry? Wasn't it something to do with um, releasing special editions? Um, well, or I tell you what, I'll, I'll read what he said here. He said, I think the industry needs a consistent message. Whether that message is right or wrong, we need to be consistent because even if we have to adjust it but we really need to speak with one voice not four or five different publishers running four or five different programs and mythologies i'm thinking wow todd then he said that um that if he was in charge he would want marvel dc and image and dark horse you know the big four guys um 
to, to make which you know make up nine percent of the market to stand up as a united front. He said uh, there should be digital downloads of top selling titles to hook new readers as well as keep old ones. And then when everything is back to normal, due to like three to five events to get people a reason to come back into the store. Um, while I don't really like the whole digital thing, I do have to admit Todd hit on something there. That would actually be yeah, a really did. good way to keep it going. Yeah, it did. Well, so I think it's that's kind of the uh, what happens in, in a pandemic or a crisis kind of situation is that uh, humanity will evolve, you know, and that's a lot of people have been going to online content. I mean, could you imagine the pandemic or uh, no Netflix during the Spanish flu? Oh, right. You know? Exactly. Mm. So, I mean, we got it really, we got it really lucky. And so it kind of forces the industry to evolve to a point where like more digital downloads and that's going to get an, a younger audience and more people interested in the genres that are available to comic book fans like us. Of course, there's always going to be a contingent of fans that love the physical medium more. Like me. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I like yeah, the feel of the book in my hand, but, and, and I will say this, um, Remember back in the 90s when Diamond bought Capital, everybody was like, oh, great. Now you've gone down to one distributor. That's going to bite everybody eventually because now Diamond controls everything. Well, maybe now that Diamond is not shipping, we'll get another um, startup distributor that can go to Marvel and DC and say, hey, let us distribute your books and we'll do it for half the cost. Yeah. yeah. So. Yay, capitalism. <clears throat> I got to love it, right? Absolutely. So. So, you know, Jim Lee doing his charity auction with the um, the artwork. Um, so a couple of things I've read here. Um, and Tommy, you should have seen this one coming a mile away. Apparently, when things do get back to normal, all of his 60 variants that he's doing for the auctions will someday be variant covers for actual print comics. And there's actually going to be a collection of all the books and of all the covers themselves in a book. Mm -hmm. Now, that'd be cool. So I might have the, the, the collection of covers. That'd be pretty cool. Yep, that, that would be nice. And he said even that will still go to benefit the book industry charitable foundation, uh, BINC, which is what his current um, sketches are doing now. So, um, and I also like that a lot of artists are now also jumping on to this panel. Of course, you know, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were the first two that I read and that we reported, but apparently Art Adams has also done a sketch of Wolverine that he's put out there with it. Um, and another one that I would really like to see um, Raphael Abercrombie has done one of uh, the Phantasm, um, mm -hmm. which looks really oh. nice. And I did not know this. Apparently, Phantasm is going to be the villain in the Batman Catwoman Max series that's coming out soon. Yeah, you okay. did because you reported it. Uh, but did I? Well, yes, yes you did. Yeah, you're right. You just, I remember that. You did, he did report that. Okay, well, uh, this is what happens when you get old. Things start slipping out the memory. You see, in order to remember your all's names, every week I have to dump certain information. Um, <laughs> They're on the screen, bro. <laughs> I know, man. Well, see, I have, I don't have them on my screen. I have my notes pulled up, so I have to well, go back enough. and forth. Fair enough. I yelled at EK yesterday so. for the same reason. Um, and I actually have a touch screen. So all you see is my finger going down to the bottom of the, of the screen here. And you don't even realize that's what's going on here. We don't want to so, know what you're doing. Also, um, artist Tony Daniel, uh, or I guess you should say Tony S. Daniel, is also doing some commissions to help benefit the New York Food Bank. Um, what was it? Do, do, do. He's got a link here, TonyDaniel.BigCartel.com. And he did say that 50% of everything is going to go to the New York uh, Food Bank. Um, and he's doing like a, a commission list. So if you go to the store, he'll have listed there what they're going to be, what he's going to be putting up for auction. So I, I really like seeing so many of these um, 
artists and companies stepping up and say, hey, we know times are tough. Um, because I also just now read um, yesterday that Diamond is going to be furloughing some of its employees to offset the um, supposed financial damage. Mm. Basically, they've already taken wow. their uh, pay cut. They're not. They're only getting twenty percent of the bill, but they also are going to now furlough employees. So that kind of sucks. However, um, I will give them the props. They did say that they don't know how many employees are going to furlough, but that all the employees enrolled in their group's health, vision, or dental insurance plans will still have the coverage. You're not going to lose it. Good. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, um, and of course, they did say that the goal is to bring them back online. Um, or back into the office when this is all resolved and everybody's working again. Um, I understand having to furlough. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm shaky that my company's going to come back and say, hey, you know, we're going to have to start letting people go because we can't afford to keep paying everybody when we're not getting the same profit in. But the fact that they said everyone's going to keep their health benefits, that was really good. I like that. Yeah. Um, Tommy, maybe you should go ahead and mention that news item you said about the bill that Democrats are trying to pass, uh, because it is kind of relevant since I just mentioned that Diamond's having to furlough people. Yeah, my brother and I were talking about this earlier today. Apparently, it came up uh, on Tuesday, where there's there's a bill that's that's going through Congress that's going to go through Congress for, to give for for at least six months everybody that makes less than one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year and is over the age of sixteen. Two thousand dollars a month. I heard about that today as well. The, I don't huh. know how to afford that. But now, is that individual or family? That's individual. Because if it's individual, everybody on this call is qualified. Right. Yeah. Right. If it's household, then I know that takes a, a couple of us here out. So, but hmm, interesting. So well, moving on. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Scott so, doesn't even talk about that. Well, this show is not about what I think about that kind of proposal. So, absolutely, right. and, and what we think, what we think is, who's going to pay for that? Exactly. Uh, although you did hear the running joke that if uh, oil prices continue to drop, the oil companies are going to have to lay off some of their Congress workers. Um, anyway, so you know, Dan DeDito was outed um, or basically asked to leave D.C. back while well, I think it was February. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. He was recently just on a drink and draw live stream with Joe Casada, I think last week. Um, and it's interesting, he mentioned why New 52 failed. Um, so I was actually interested to, to hear this. And he said that he believes what killed New 52 was they didn't spend as much time on the second year of it as they did the first year. Um, he said his regret is that they made things happen too quickly. And thinking back on it, um, Enos, do you agree with that? I don't know you were still reading DC during New 52 era. Yeah. Well, 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 the thing, well, well, the thing of it is, to me, it seemed, uh, seemed like they were trying to push out. There was a complete opposite. They were trying to push out a whole lot too fast because they because they had did. Um, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a fan of the Blackhawks. And I always wanted to see an updated version of that group. And they did have a book out. And they just had these, that, and some other books that they just kept around for like about five issues and didn't just tank and they didn't do anything with them. And um, I, I was, um, I kind of think he's right and he's kind of like it was in reverse. It was like it was too much at, at, because everything was thrown at you in the first year and I think what they should have done 
was just focused on the core heroes of the DC universe and, and basically the Justice League and what have you, then bring in the other characters. But what they did, they just brought everybody all at once. And we got yeah. this plethora or avalanche of all these characters, and it was just too much. Yeah, I thought it was a little too gimmicky. The whole the whole thing where it's like, oh, it's going to be the new 52, and we're going to have 52 new books come out. Like, what are you thinking? That's way yeah, too many. Exactly. And I mean, so and I think now, that's reasons why it tanked. It was just too much. Yeah. I see. I would disagree with that because Marvel still puts out way more than 52 books every month. And how are they doing? Okay, good argument. But what I'm saying is, I, I don't think they they put out fifty two books a month. They still weren't tapping the the the, the higher number like Marvel was, and currently right. still is. Right, and I mean, but you know, it's you know, people are being spread too thin. You know, I honestly, what what do you think they need? Maybe like twenty five books a month, maybe twenty five to thirty. Twenty five uh, to thirty. But on the flip side of that too, he also said that there's a problem with rebirth, um, and I actually strongly disagree with this. He said oh, yeah. uh, it was it was an opportunity to bring back missing elements from the DC universe, and he said that unfortunately once you put that in, you also put in the things that made you want to relaunch the line in the first place. And I totally disagree because I think a lot of the things we lost in New Fifty Two needed to come back. Um, yeah. I, Case in point, two names for you, Wally West, Donna Troy. Yeah. Those were the two big yeah. characters that everybody was like, okay, I'm with you for New 52, but you took two of your best characters and you put them in limbo with yep. no explanation. Yeah. And then, and then they brought back, um, and then they did a relaunch of the Justice Society via Earth 2, and which completely confused everybody because they changed everybody. Right. Well, yeah. remember too, uh, they they said that there was no crisis, or Dedito himself had said there had been no previous crises in this new universe. So it was one universe. There wasn't Earth two. There wasn't Earth S. There wasn't all these alternate right. planets. And then all of a sudden, oh look, here's Earth two. And like, but you just told us there weren't any ultimate, you know, alternate Earths. Right. So, um, anybody got any uh, other news items? I no, I really, I haven't really seen a whole lot. No, I know it's, it's it's funny when you go back and you try reading news sites and see what's going on out there. Everybody's rehashing old stuff now. Well, I mean, <laughs> with, with the with the way of the world, there's just nothing happening. There's, there's not a whole lot of news. It's pretty much only right. one thing. I mean, even right. even mundane stories. It's like you know, a uh, uh, comic book industry suffers during pandemic. You know, every yeah, every exactly. single set. Every single sentence is qualified by during pandemic. Right. Right. Only thing I saw that was was of any mentioning is like, which is probably no surprise to anyone, is that they're, the word is now they're not going to release the Snyder Cut. But then again, you knew that. They've so, told us for months they're not going to release the Snyder Cut. There's never yeah. going to be a Snyder Cut. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know why to keep doing that because... If you ain't going to look, even it's me, I'm the type of person you would put up a shut up. And if you ain't going to show us what, what you're telling us exists and what have you, shut up and move on, man. I'm done. If there was going to be a Snyder Cut. Here's the thing. I don't mind if we don't have a Snyder Cut. What irks me is hearing people like 
Ben Affleck and Jason Momoa saying, oh, I've seen the Snyder Cut and what he had in mind was fantastic. I'm like, I don't need to hear that. I'm not going to see this great right. movie. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Wow. Because um, I don't know um, who, uh, how, who out there knows this, but you know, Snyder had envisioned three movies for the whole Justice League thing, right? Right. Um, yeah. Because we the first one, the first one we were supposed to actually lose against Darkseid and the second movie was going to be a Darkseid controlled Earth. Um, and he even said this way back with Man of Steel. We're going to start dark and work towards that light, happy place that you guys want. The, the problem is it badly edited, badly written, and badly executed. So yeah, we were supposed to get a new Justice League movie last year, right? And, yeah. and had, you know, had things had going it, according to plan. Had, had it actually been successful, yes, we would have another Justice League movie. But I, th yeah. I think I think there's a good reason why DC, the, the film ventures, are uh, taking their time with the wonder woman movie and the next shazam movie because i think that they know that those are the ones that were really popular and then they should, should focus on i think that they're re really going to take their time because there's been a lot of bad uh, uh movies coming out lately even from the marvel universe right yeah. yeah have been critically panned so right and 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 you know and they're doing and um they're doing the same thing with aquaman as well uh and and i really think that uh I think they're going to take this thing seriously, but I, I got to ask you guys this. Am I the only one who is really not looking forward to the Batman? Oh, I hate, I hate everything I've seen out of that movie already. I hate I'm, that costume. I, I hate that car. I, I will probably I, end up seeing it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really on my list of things I absolutely want to say now. I have to admit for the first time since 89, even with Batman and Robin, there was an anticipation that I had that I really wanted to see these films and including um, with every guy who's ever played the character. And then that includes Affleck. I had, an, uh, I had a joyous anticipation about it. But from what I've seen on hope, this... yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, as after I saw Ben Affleck in costume, I was hooked. I, I was satisfied because I was like, okay, we're finally going to get the Batman that we want to see. We got a guy that's working out that's going to have the have the frame for it. He's not going to be in body uh, in body arm. Not taking anything away from Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and the other guys, but um, but 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 I mean, you take that arm, you you take that body arm away. There's nothing. At least with Affleck, when we saw him working out, we saw Affleck. And, and, and um, let me tell you what. When we saw Affleck worked out and you saw how ripped it was, who did who besides me sat there and went, damn? <laughs> I think that was a Randy thing right there. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, come and, on. You um, had to admit that when you saw Affleck, you were like, that boy's been working out. Yeah. If you yeah, like, you, hey, yeah. if you look at Affleck's bod, that's 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 fine, buddy. I'm not judging. And 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 on top of that, the same thing with Christian Bale, too. And 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 I have to admit, I wanted to see Affleck in his own film or set of films. But to me, I have to, I gotta say, Christian Bale really, really, really did the damn thing with the Dark Knight trilogy because we got something we thought we'd never see, what Batman would be in the real world. There's no other comic book character out there that you could put in that scenario. And, and they nailed it now. Dark Knight Rises, take it or leave it. There's some good, some bad. But yep. never, nevertheless, Nolan achieved his objective. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So, hey, is it time for show and tell? Sorry, let me go back. It is time for show and tell. Um, 
So who wants to go first? I'm going to save mine for last because it ties into tonight's subject. I'm, I'll go ahead and go first. All right, Tommy, you go first. So this is one of my favorite Spider-Man covers ever. It's Amazing Spider-Man 328 uh, from the Axe of Vengeance. Uh, Mr. Fix Top, It. Todd <laughs> McFarlane, where he's fighting the uh, the Grey Hulk. This is when he's got uh, the, the uh, Captain Universe powers. And he's fighting, like you said, Joe Fix It. Always been a big mm. fan of this cover. Always been one of my favorites. I've never been, like I've said before, I've never been a huge fan of McFarlane's um, Spider-Man, but I always did love his Hulk. So... Now that's not the issue. It, it must have been in the Hulk one, where uh, yes, it had. I think it was in Hulk where Spider-Man was uh, or Peter Parker was doing his nationwide tour promoting webs, and yeah. he signed, he finds Fix It in the in the uh, casino, and at the end of it, he's like, "It can't be him. He's supposed to be green. He's supposed to be dumb. He's supposed to be dead." <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's a there's a Wolverine one too where where Wolverine interacts with Joe Fix It. And finds a way to get him into purple pants and fixes like I hate purple pants. <laughs> Enos, what do you got? Okay, as I said earlier, I have a um, uh, book tonight that features a mutual favorite character of ours, The Flash. Oh, nice! Hey, tilt that a little bit. I got some glare. There you go. And 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 now suddenly I see Tommy's face. Can you see it? What number there is you that? Go. Yeah, which issue is that? I think that's number 213. Yes, it is. You know, I have all of them from 200 up to the end. I think I'm missing like 306 or something. I didn't have to look. but So I know I have that issue. Right. Um, this is also a Neil Adams cover. And there's a Justice Society backup story in here as well. Okay. Great. Awesome. I'm I'm actually to the point with my flash collection now that to fill the holes like the missing issues, it's easily 50, 60 bucks a book now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm trying to get a, a run of you know Justice League. Woo! That's and you're in the same boat I have every every issue now is like a fifty or yeah. sixty popper, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and let, let me see you get flash one twenty three for fifty or sixty bucks. Mm. And um yeah, you also this, this one was a story that featured both Barry and Jay taking on Vandal Savage. Nice. Oh, That's a good I, I will have there. to show you. That reminds me. I will have, I'll have to show you the one that I have, and I can't remember the number. I should have this committed to memory um, of the one that uh, got me seriously into collecting. Madman, what do you got? I have uh, World's Finest Comics 302. Sweet. It's my, my favorite cover. Because if because you can't it's the green screen it's uh you can see uh, Batman's wearing quote unquote kryptonite gloves and beating the hell out of Superman <laughs> I love that yes I love big, that oh black eye in that exactly it's a very yes. satisfying very satisfying cover but a very unsatisfying story because well of course because the story is about this like actor who is dying of lung cancer or something. And uh, so he wanted to pull off this one last trick, you know, and get Superman or or to, like Batman and Superman to fight each other or something like that. And Batman figures out the plot right away. And so because Superman and Batman are such nice guys, they decide to play act this scene where Batman puts on some kryptonite gloves and uh, puts makeup on Superman and uh, pretends to fight in front uh, of oh, him. Oh, man. At, at any point, does, does Superman tell him you're letting him kill Martha? No. <laughs> oh, that's no. cold blooded. That was uh that was nineteen eighty that was nineteen eighty-four. 
so uh, uh they didn't they weren't really blowing it in terms of narrative <laughs> back then you know what Some, someday when we're off the air and the, and the whole social distancing thing is over let me remind me to tell you how easily i can fix that scene i it's want a, a hug it's a very easy fix i want a hug hug <laughs> hug, hug. hug. <laughs> I, I don't i don't hug hey randy i just I just remembered I do have a I did see a news story today. I think you guys would be interested in, and I'll talk about that afterward. Um, we're done. I right. just remembered it. So I have a great one. I may have shown this book already, but this is one of my prize collections because it does have um, the first appearance of a character I, I am absolutely in love with. Um, so I have All Star Comics number fifty eight, first oh, appearance wow. of Power Girl. Super Squad. Oh, wow. That's a bigger. I want that one, Randy. Isn't that a great cover? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's <in> nice, <laughs> this, is, this bad boy is in good condition, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think I found, uh, this is funny. I believe I bought this at AwesomeCon, like maybe my first year there, um, walking around looking for it. The guy had it on the wall. It was the end of the day. Um, and I, he's like, can I help you? He's like, yeah, I'm looking for an all-star 58. And I was actually looking at the boxes and he goes, I got one on the wall and he turned around, put it off the wall and handed it to me. And I looked at it. I'm like, wow, this is in beautiful shape. He goes, yes, yeah. it is. And I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> and he's like, okay. But yeah, I, I had this entire run, um, which took me a while to collect them. I, to get all of them. Um, I actually have a couple of these two. You'll like this madman um, that were signed by Joe Statton. Um, to help out the Heroes Initiative. Um, so it, you see his signature across it, the cover, and I got like two of those. Yeah. So I'll show the three next week. I'm not uh, a Ina, fan she of... said you had a new story. Yes. I was reading today that there's going to be a major development in the Harley Quinn animated series on DC Universe. Well, season they're two just started, right? Yeah. And they're, go and they're going to make a major Batman villain uh, uh, it was basically going to come out the closet, and that's Clayface. <laughs> so, basically, Clayface has been masquerading as a female and this and developed some feelings for this dude named Clay, and uh, they're basically um, sending him that way. Now, um, Matt Hagen's sexuality has never been. Uh, we've never been in, it's never been anything that's, that was dealt with, but if you do remember in Batman, the animated series in the two-part origin episode, Feet of Clay, he had this dude that was with him that was talking, like, he said, you know, this is what it could mean for you, for us, and I'm like, okay. I've, yeah, that's a weird statement. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it was like, and like now seeing this and being the fact that I did watch feet of clay again this weekend uh with the first volume of the animated series it just seems like it ties in and it's just something that makes sense so you're going to see a whole lot more about that as time goes on but yeah that seems to be the big news story now and everyone was thinking that it was going to be harley quinn and uh they were going to announce that harley quinn and pamela Isaac was going to get their groove on Ah, no, it's not <laughs> So it's going to be uh, Matt, uh, Matt Hagen is going to be basically 
coming out the closet or coming out the clay, however you want to, uh, however you want to put it. But uh, I'm kind of like, well, you never really, this was, there was not anything that was ever really was discussed. But if you watch Feet of Clay, it's kind of like alludes to it. That right. there's something you do, but whoever this guy is, it's something between them. He's supposed to be his stunt double, but apparently there's something a whole lot more there than that. It's almost as if they had set it up and then didn't get to play with it afterwards and just an right. undeveloped, undeveloped uh, plot angle. Right. All right. So tonight's episode, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, we are discussing what we call still MIA, characters that we want back in the comics. Now, I will freely admit I have a couple that I'm going to cheat on, um, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Um, Enos, let's have you start. I gave a lot of thought about this, and I don't know if he's in anything right now, but I kind of noticed with this new cosmic saga that's going on in Marvel, and you kind of, it's kind of hard to have anything cosmic going on and Adam Warlock not be a part of it. So Absolutely. And, and to me, he is someone that I have always liked, and I get kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, pardon the pun, but overkill where you, he's around for a while, he gets real hot, gets a good role going, then the Magus, his evil side, comes up. And he has to kill himself to keep from becoming that. I mean, they need to find something else better than that to to um because he's too good of a character, in my opinion, to just like have, have him around have, for a year. Have the same plot over and over again. Just have, it, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, with him supposed to be coming in, and he's supposed to, he's supposed to be in the upcoming third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So you think they'd be um, you know trying to do something with him now? For when he, uh, when he, for when he hits the big screen. Well, truth yeah. be told, yeah. I always thought that was a stupid move by Marvel by wetting our appetites with him, and we don't because he should have been in um, Avengers Endgame. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. But, but, but because because if if you want to really think about it, there isn't but there wasn't but two characters in the Marvel universe that could do anything with Thanos. That was Marvel and that was Adam Warlock. Right. And, well, and you, and, go ahead. You know, I think why that didn't happen was, remember, they fired Gunn after yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, right. and I think any plans they might have had to use Warlock in that, they said, well, we don't want to touch that because that was part of James's plan for Guardians 3, and we just fired him, so get off that angle. Right, right. Um, you know what would, what would be better irony? If they got Mark Pillow to play Adam Warlock, if y'all don't, if the name doesn't sound familiar, I'm talking about the nuclear man from Superman for the. Uh, oh God, yes. <laughs> I forgot. That about would it. be better. And here's what makes it so bad: Superman four. He he is sixty years old. I saw I'm him. Say, isn't he a little too old for this role? He is sixty years old, and he still looks the same as he did body wise and what have you that he did and I and I said if they had just did um Marvel in the he would have been a dead ring a perfect for Marvel if they had done a movie during the eighties. Well cool but he's too old for it now. Yeah he's too old for it now definitely. <laughs> but yeah I actually good warlock good pull. Um I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go uh, next here. Um and I'm going to mention the one that I just brought my comic up on All Star fifty eight, Power Girl. Now, 
before we get into this, let me explain. Um, Power Girl first appeared, obviously, in All-Star Comics 58, and it ran to issue 74. And then the last six issues of that book were printed into Adventure Comics 461 to 466. Um, and that did well enough that it led to her getting a solo series in Showcase 97 through 99. Um, and because of her popularity, she also then ended up being part of the regular JSA, JLA crossovers down the road. And I didn't know this, Enos. She was also a founding member of Infinity Incorporated and was like in the yep. first 12 issues of that series. Yes, um, and because of her popularity, she got used several times. I think uh, – I don't remember who wrote it. Was it Chris Claremont, Sovereign 7? Used her in Sovereign Seven. She was in a JS, JSA Classified. She was in like the third version of uh, Justice Society. And all of that led up to Power Girl issue one through 27, which the first 12 issues, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Amanda Connor, which was really great. Um, so here's the thing. After Power Girl, she, she disappeared for a bit in New 52. And of course, they brought in the world's finest where you found out she was Supergirl on Earth 2. And when her and um, Robin, who becomes Huntress, come over to Earth One. She then adopts the um, persona of Power Girl with the, the weird red and white costume. Um, now, she is currently back in um, Rebirth with Harley Quinn. They've done the whole Harley Quinn Power Girl series, but I want her own series. I don't want her guest starring or sharing the book with someone else. I think she's ready for another good series. And I don't want it to be tongue-in-cheek. I want to see a little more seriousness about it. Uh, the great thing that was always really cool about Power Girl is she is essentially Supergirl, but she's the right. grown-up version. Supergirl, you always kind of got the impression that she was like 17, 18-year-old teenager who was just coming to her own. Power Girl was easily in her mid to late 20s, had seen a little bit more, was a little more smart, a little bit wiser. Um, and let's face it, yes, a little more physically endowed but we get it you love power girl she also had a tougher attitude i think she's ready for her own series again i liked her run with uh amanda connor's run with her i thought that was really good the one that right that was, that was, that, the, right that was the first 12 issues yeah that was fantastic and and just like i'm sorry it's another character that's being underutilized no doubt no doubt oh yeah oh yeah and i'm gonna skip madman totally <laughs> tommy what do you got so mine relates back to the book that uh, that I showed off earlier. I know we currently have a Hulk series. I get it. But I would very much like to see the return of uh, the Great Hulk, Joe Fixit. I, I thought that was one of his best runs where, you you know, you had the uh, the Hulk that wasn't, you know, he wasn't stupid, you know, Hulk smash, but he wasn't the Professor Hulk either, you know, and he was that, that good mix in the middle. And I, I really thought that was a good a good run for him. Joe Fixit, mob enforcer. I would actually like Joe fix it just because um, there were so many great stories in that where he's like, okay, I got to keep a low profile. Anyone knows that I didn't die in that bomb explosion and everyone's going to come looking for me. I'm, I, Cause the, the great thing about that is he knew that the world thinks I'm dead. I need to let them think that I'm dead because they're still in right from the TV show. He right. goes, if word gets out that I'm still alive, all these heroes that have a mat on for me are going to show up in Vegas. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even honestly, even if it was just like a limited series, because I honestly don't know if you could bring him back full time. He had a good run, and I don't know if he could come back as the full time Hulk right now. But you know, a good limited series, a story about Joe Fixit. You know how they're doing the symbiote Spider Man one that Peter David's doing, and you know, from stories from his past. You know, give us some more from the past for Joe Fixit, some untold stories of Joe Joe Fixit. I think that would actually work. I think All so right. too. Batman, I, I said I was. Yeah. 
I said I was going to skip you, but who do you have that hasn't been published in a while that you want to see come back? Uh, I would like to see a full page or a full full comic book on this Captain Olymp Captain Olympic and Friends. Um, <laughs> I, I I only saw the one the one splash page. It's called prizes. Or, mute button. It's called prizes or cash, <laughs> and it's a splash page, and it shows shows all the equipment they're going to use in the comic book. But I don't see any more of the comic book. So, God, he's what? he's right after with the grit newsboy. You don't ever see him anymore either. Right? Why don't we see any more more books with him? And that oh, same God. kid with the uh, American seed packets says his new bicycle. Yeah, and the kid with the dingo boots. I got a real one. Uh, okay. You remember when GI Joe, Joe, GI Joe first came out? Uh, most of the Joes were kind of like a line item, you know, mm -hmm. real soldiers wearing uniforms and they weren't all their like decked out custom uniforms like the, uh, like, you know, so you've been, you, you've been in the Navy, you understand, you know, right. it's like there's, you can't relax your uniform, you know, you can't throw a cravat around your dungarees and unbutton right. down, <laughs> down to here. <laughs> and they call call me shipwreck. You know, it's yeah. like you can't do that in the military. You don't do that. You don't and, do that. Exactly. And when GI Joe first came out, is like even like even Cobra and the Joes were kind of like interchangeable soldiers and like uh, anonymous in many ways. And then you know they started developing like these characters different. Yeah, you know, Snake Eyes was really the only unique one out of, out of the bunch. You know, true. And mm -hmm. so. um and a lot of the story focused on him because he was a freaking ninja. And so, I mean, I think a kind of, I don't know if they've ever done a return to that kind of idea where you can like focus on certain soldiers, certain or certain teams, you know, and not necessarily have the, it's all gaudy and stuff like that comic booked up as it were. Right. Just my opinion. Actually, I think a snake eye series would be really good. They've done tons yeah. of snake eye series. I'm saying that uh, bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Thomas, what do you got? So this is another one I don't know if think I'd want back full time because of uh, because of the way he died and everything. But I think I think the time has come for some more on uh, on Marvel. I'd like I'd like to see I'd like to see him back. He's always been one of my favorites. We get it. Mad you love Captain Marvel. I see Madman rolling his <laughs> eyes, but you know what? He he was he was one of the best. He was he was a hero's hero. And you know we we need we need him back. We need some uh, some untold tales of Marvel. Well, you know. If DC could finally get around after 20 years of bringing back Barry Allen, I think Marvel can bite the bullet and bring back Marvel. And see, they could. And I mean, I think I think he would be accepted. I, I do. But, you know, then you'd have a whole lot of problems because you have to figure out what to do with Carol Danvers. Because, you know, if you bring him back, do you bring him back as Captain Marvel and change her back to Miss Marvel? Or Absolutely. Him, or do oh, you yeah. Because that's her claim to fame. And, and, and. And I wasn't going to say Marvel, but one of mine was to bring back Janice Vell and do. And we really get it. You love Janice Vell. Yeah, <laughs> because, because, because number one, he's Marvel's son. But, but he, out of all of the characters that they gave that name to, he showed the most potential. He fell right in with a lot of comic book characters where you got a great character, but we just don't know what to do with him. And I think one of the things that's killing the industry is that they're not looking for new creators to breathe new light into these characters. Every day, there's more than one Kelly Sue DeConnick out here. There's more, right. more than one Jason Fabop. There's more than one Donnie Cates. And I really think that Marvel and DC really need to open themselves up 
and start letting letting guys like us, for example, come in and show our wares. And be, because of the fact, I really think in order to really do comics, you got to love the industry. You got to love what it's about. I not necessarily live, eat, and, eat and sleep it, but have a love love for the for the industry, the genre. That that when you walk in, okay, there was when you talking to an ed, when the editor is talking to you, they're not talking to somebody who's there to get a paycheck. They're talking to someone who's there who genuinely loves what they're doing and lo- and wants to be a proper representative for the industry. So what Enos is trying to say, everyone, is that you need someone who is appreciative of what's gone before. Bingo. <laughs> but I had Speaking- another one. I had another one that um, I, my other one wasn't going. I wasn't really wasn't going to focus on Genesis Dennisville, but I talked about it earlier. I love the Blackhawks. I would love to see an updated version of them. Yeah, that'd and, be cool. And yeah. just, just, <coughs> with, uh, sorry, being, excuse me. Especially being like you know, I'm ex Air Force, and I used to love to see the guys fly the F-15. So it would be pretty good to see guys like Blackhawk, Ola. Chuck and uh, Chop Chop and um, Stanislaus and all of those guys, but in a current time frame. And well, I who think was, I might yeah. see that back on a World War II planet, planet where World War II was still going on. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Earth, you mean Earth X, where the Nazis won? Yeah, yeah. Put them back. Put them back there, or you know, even even if it was a, even if it wasn't one where the Nazis won, where it just took place during World War II. What do you got? What were you saying, Madman? Well, I think I think Enos was talking about like in in current times, like the Blackhawks, like the Blackhawks survived through the war and they continued throughout throughout the uh, you know throughout history, and it, it can, right. you can you can even tell stories about like their involvement in other conflicts throughout the world. You know, I think that could be a very interesting okay. series. Yeah, but because I would like to see them not just stop at World War Two. I would like to see them the Korean conflict. Vietnam, Absolutely. the right, Desert right. Shield, and, and and just see them be that covert operation of, would, of, of the best pilots. I was going to say, you would have to make them almost a lot like uh, DC series Checkmate, where yeah. they're there, but you don't ever acknowledge them on the government level or, you know, publicly. Right. And that was another underrated series that they need to bring back, too. I think they are. Um, Checkmate was set up to be coming back. I don't know where that's going to go with everything on hiatus right now, but they were putting the, the wheels in place just to, to get Checkmate going. Um, if you read the event Leviathan series, they're, they're putting the pieces in already. Okay. Um, so I have one that I'm going to bring back and uh, that I want to see brought back. And I know um, Tommy and Enos are immediately going to agree with me. Um, we need to bring back our favorite boy, Ronnie Raymond and Firestorm. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I want Ronnie Raymond and Martin Stein. I don't want the Jason Rush character. Because even when they did Jason Rush and um, Ronnie Raymond, I still didn't like that iteration. I want the good old-fashioned um, yeah. yellow and orange costume um, where Ronnie doesn't know what he's doing and Professor Stein is telling him in his subconscious, Raymond, you need to change this to that, or you need to reconsider what you're doing here. If you if you change it into this other element, you're going to create a bigger problem. That's the right. firestorm that I really loved, um, yeah. and obviously, so a lot of people other other people did too because Jerry Conway, remember, brings him into Justice League of America, like issue what one seventy nine. 
I believe it was, yes. And, and he and he did so good on that that um, people wanted more of him that they started doing the um, the the eight page stories in the back of Flash with George Perez. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Those were fantastic stories from like Flash two eighty nine to three oh four. Um, right. So and, and so that's well, the thing. Well, they brought him back in New Fifty Two. Go ahead, Enos. Those stories was what laid the groundwork for the 1982 ongoing series, The Fury of Firestorm. Right, right. absolutely. Because, because And it was brilliant how they did that. They started with the backup stories in The Flash in, in 1980. Then as um, 1981 came in, you saw him being ushered in into the Justice League. And then when he really started getting pardoned upon hot, that's when they put his book out and they had the art by the great Pat Robert. And then Raphael Kayan came in in 1983 and just blew it out of the water. And there was a rage for Firestorm. Firestorm was in everywhere. He was in Justice League. He had his own book. And he had made his appearance on, um, he had been brought to the Super Friends. Yes. Cartoon in 1984 with the legendary Superpower show and for the finale, the, the um, Superpowers team. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's done. Right. Yeah, and it, it seems like in more modern times, like people just don't know what to do with him. Right. You know, right. Well, because you mentioned his new fifty-two book. You know, it was written by Gail Simone, and it just even even that one, it, it felt like you know, well, what are we going to do with him? And well, well, you know, see, the the thing with Firestorm is, and I think that the Firestorm, unlike a lot of characters, to me, is an easy fix because. Um, as Randy has just clearly stated, you got the foundation in Ronnie Raymond and Martin Stein. You don't need to go anywhere else. I, I have nothing against Jason Rush. I really think that he needs to have the Firestorm Matrix, but he needs to be his own character away from the Firestorm, but part of the Firestorm mythology, but stay away from what has made Firestorm great. And that is the, um, the fusion of Ronnie Raymond and Mar Professor Martin Stein because that was an interesting dynamic. The character interaction was was flawless and it sold. Yeah, and, and remember you know too, there was that really great moment um, in one of the books where they become Firestorm and Ronnie is unconscious and so suddenly Stein is driving um, right. the hero body and he doesn't know how to use the powers. Right. And, and um, and plus, I also want to even, and she's still floating around. I would like to see them do something with Firehawk. Firehawk was great. That's what made that second great book character. so awesome was they finally gave yeah. him a partner who, who was worthy of him. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and she's arguably still one of the most popular female characters that DC has put out. But again, they don't know what to do with her. However, she's an easy fix, but they keep wetting their appetites with her showing up in these series she makes like a one-page right. appearance and then we don't see her anymore so that tells me they're doing something somebody is doing something with this character that they're keeping real hush hush and i think when they really unleash it's gonna be big well remember she's the one that is sitting there with ralph dibney in the opening of identity crisis when right. he's supposed to be out investigating while sue's planning his surprise party tommy you were going to say something I say, you know, this is a character I've always thought had had a great look and a great power set. You know, I, I always thought that he really should have been closer to an A-lister than what he was. I just never quite understood, you know, more modern times why, you know, Firestorm wasn't more popular than what he was. Right. Yeah. Well, and you knew um, 
that somebody was a huge fan of Firestorm from the 80s and 90s when they wrote him into Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see him, see him there. He, well, he originally showed up in, in Flash, if right. you remember. And, well, I, and that, I, like, I like seeing him there. I was excited for him to be a regular character there, too, because, you know, he's, he's one of those, you know, grossly underutilized characters, in my right. opinion. And, and it's funny because when you first see him show up in those in those TV shows, you just kind of smile to yourself like somebody was reading these comics in the 80s, weren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And, and um, I thought Robbie Amell was fantastic as Ronnie Raymond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was actually oh, kind of right. bummed when, when they killed his character and then they went ahead and merged Stein and um, – Oh God! Now what was his name? I can't remember. Um, I know who you're talking about. I can't call his name. The, the metal yeah. man guy. Is that it? No, it's not. The, no, it's the, not the metal man. No, they merged with a black kid. I can't remember what his name was. Wasn't it, it Jason wasn't, Rush? It wasn't Jason Rush in the show, though, right? No, it wasn't. It, no, they, they gave him a completely different name. Right. Anyway, I can't remember. Who's got another one? Uh, Madman, you had another one. Uh, is Ted Court still around? No, they replaced him with Jamie Reyes, and I've hated that ever since day one. I, I have no problem with Jamie Reyes. I think that that iteration of the Blue Beetle is kind of cool. That being said, I do like the idea of Ted Cord. I do like the idea, especially with Booster Gold, as yeah. these as these well, B listers is like. I love the idea of a guy running around in a Beetle, and people call people on the street call him like a low rent Batman. I love right. that concept. And, and while you're at it, bring back him and Booster and their island of Cooey, Cooey, Cooey. Absolutely. <laughs> I would, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to have Booster Gold back. Love oh, yeah. to have Booster Gold back. Especially with what they were doing with him prior to the New 52 when he was the greatest hero you never heard of. Right, like that, right. That was a great run. Yeah. And to bring, to bring him back with, with, with that run and bring Ted Cord in on it, that would be masterpiece. So, as long as Tommy, you didn't... Like they did with Estrogena. I can you never... Estrogena wish you had... Tommy, you never watched the Justice League cartoons, did you? I did not, no. There, there's a great episode you'll love with Booster Gold where he thinks he finally gets to get to the action and he's basically put on crowd control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, him, that, you the see him standing there while people are screaming and running. Booster's just like this way, over here, this way. <laughs> and I believe that the name of the episode it. is uh, uh, The Greatest Story Never Told. Right. Now, I have to check that out. <laughs> you know, I do love me some Booster Gold. And, you know, I've said it before. I think that could be box office money, too, as a Booster Gold. Movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. A sponsor's dream. All right. So I have another one. Um, who's got something else? We got like four minutes I, left to us. I do. And you just mentioned them. I'm sorry. I want to see the elongated man back. I need them to fix that up. They messed it up when they killed off Sue. They need to bring him back. Because that was one of the greatest love stories in comics, not to mention if he was an interesting character and he was loved by everybody. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and I was like, I wanted to break Brad Meltzer's neck when they killed him off. Yeah. Um, but when they killed off Sue and then they turned around and killed him off and knew and fit in that 52 series and made him and white him and Sue ghost detectives. Get the get right. out of here with that, man. Miss me with that mess, man. <laughs> Although you you did have to love that whole thing when Ralph is telling um, uh, Firehawk about uh, the whole reason why that Sue sit there with all those yeah. great heroes, Batman, Green Lantern, and Superman, and she only yeah. had eyes for him. And you exactly. think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have one more. Um, and I don't know. This is another one of those characters. They keep giving it a shot. They There's been multiple series. Um, 
and nothing's really stuck since 1989. Even the one from 2017 just wasn't quite as good as it could have been. And that's good old Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people say he's just a, another a knockoff of Batman, but I like him. I, re- I really love the whole three different personalities um, because the first series I remember of him, like 1980 with that blue cover and Moon Knight and Marlene and the three characters, um, he didn't play them as, as being crazy. They were all identities, much like uh, Batman uses his matches Malone character. Malone, yeah. Um, so Moon Knight is, is one that I think is really overdue. I had high hopes for that one in 2017, but that was just a train wreck. Welcome to the D-list, baby, Moon Knight. But that's yeah, such a great, great character. Meant... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Randy. No, go ahead. Initiate. You're, you're about to say the same thing. Um, when Dove Minch and Bill Sinkovich were doing the book, when there was a when Moon Knight was a backup story in the in the Color Hulk magazine. I'm, a lot of people can say what they want, but Moon Knight helped sell that book big time. Absolutely. And, and because the artwork was phenomenal. And then when he got his own book and Sinking Bitch jumped on board for the Mac, for the, um, for the uh, big, it was a bigger comic. He paid more for it, but people bought that book because Sinking Bitch was on it. The moment he left it and he walked completely away from it, and they, they they just seemed like when Mintz left it and he left the book, it was like they just lost their way with the character and they just couldn't take what those two guys built and run with it. And right. and, they, and they, it was just like Moon Knight is that great character. He went from being that great character that had his day in the sun, but he's missing that one thing that carries him over to where Thor is. Just to give you an example of Thor. Thor was always a great character, but it wasn't until Simonson got a hold of him that he was that must-read character every month. And, right. and and Moon Knight has that potential, but they just don't, again, lack of creators. You're, you're burning out everybody, trying to do everything and bring back all these characters. Everybody you got, you just bring in some people who love these characters and do it. Well, well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's like you couldn't find any more creators who knew what to do with that character and not just have it be a Batman ripoff. And let's be honest, even when Sinkovitz and Mensch were doing it, we knew, okay, he's kind of a Batman clone, but they made him just unique enough that you didn't. Where he stood on his own. Absolutely. And I don't think any creative team since then was able to get that same feel for him. No. And the closest one that really started to have a um, was really going to do something with Moon Knight. There was a run where I don't know who the art writer was, but the artist was Stephen Platt. And he yes. was and uh, Moon Knight started to pick up some steam. Then all of a sudden it just vanished. And I, I- I still say my favorite issues of Moon Knight was the backup features in a Rampaging Hulk magazine and that yep. Marvel previews 21 with a nice dark blue cover on it. And uh, yep. the guy that has Marlene on, on the cover in the, in the graveyard, that is, those were his best issues. That's what made me pick up the 1980 series when it finally came out. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So that is everything we have, all the time we have for this week. I do want to remind all our listeners out there um, about our sister show, Shock Monkey Radio, every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Um, we have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lost in long box. Um, write to us at lost in long box at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We do have our sister Facebook groups as well, Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Um, the number of members there is just growing by leaps and bounds every day. Realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams, all of those moderated by our man Enos. Um, until next time, everybody stay safe out there. Um, please don't go out unless you absolutely have to. Knock on wood, this thing is hopefully going to be knocked out in another 30, 60 days. Um, good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.